said, empty your mind. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. So I, I did have a question. I wanted to ask you Hit me. because we're hardworking we're hardworking individuals. Right. How hard would or how much would you have to love your job for you to die doing it? Because we mm. at the World Cup we've now seen two reporters die because they were they worked so hard covering football during the World Cup. Yeah. And they just exhaustion passed out right at their in the press box. Well, there's a huge conspiracy theory, coincidentally, that's what we're talking about today, about the Grant Wall reporter that supposedly, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's been more news about it lately, that he was wearing some kind of T-shirt that went against the culture in Qatar, and supposedly there's a bunch of, you know, red flags going on about his death that they're looking forward Ooh. to the autopsy on that one juicy there's also there was a another reporter i think from the middle east yeah yeah i heard about that too that died yeah so it's two and supposedly that wall guy covered uh like back to back to back to back to back i think it was like eight straight games or something and he had already been admitted into the hospital early in the week from exhaustion mm. and had to get like iv and stuff and then ended up dying uh i guess they saw that somebody saw him slouched over his his uh desk in the press box and mm -hmm. He, he died well you know what it's crazy to answer your question i love teaching so much that am i willing to die for it now i don't know teaching is such a broad term but in in terms of the classroom i'll, I'll say this if i am on my dying bed right and i had a little bit of energy to go into the classroom to teach one last lesson I would do it. I would. I will say. So that. I remember. I remember at our old school, we had a lockdown because there was a gun on uh, on campus. Right, right. And they said, "Lock your doors. Lock your doors." And when I went to go lock the door, there was no lock on my door. Mm -hmm. And I called our office manager and said, "Hey, there's no lock on my door." And she goes, "I shit you not." She said, "Your body is the lock." <laughs> yeah, I remember. So I, I, I remember leaned that against story. the. I leaned against the door for an hour, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I'm the first line of defense. So you're right. I, I guess there is circumstances where you will sacrifice yourself for your job. I've thought about it. But anyway, I've thought about it because, you know, school shootings is unfortunately a common, a common thing in America. And, you know, I mean, how many times have we been in the lunchroom or even in between classes talking about a possibility of that happening in our, in our school? And I'll say that I thought about it, and yes, I would shield my students if I had to. So, yes, but that's kids. I I, I would hope that a good a good person would shield a child. And I don't know. Our me. students range from like fifteen to twenty five. So <laughs> they got a lot more life left in them. True, theoretically. Than I maybe. agree. I agree. Well, we are canceled teachers talk unbelievable history i'm howlett i am garcia and we got a fantastic phenomenal incredible amazing topic why don't you take it away okay so 
this episode is actually stemming from the previous episode on our Pearl Harbor episode where we talked about on our Mount Rushmore uh, greatest ripple effects or the greatest moments in history that change history forever. And what we're talking about today is Julius Caesar. And to be honest with you, that is such a broad spectrum of conversation. The assassination so want, of Julius Caesar. Now, hold on. I'm not to, so we're, not to cut you off. Are we just going to do the assassination? Well, that's what I wanted to get to. Because, you know, we are a history podcast. We're not a conspiracy theory podcast, even though we do, you know, history and conspiracy theories do rub shoulders on one another. My question to you is, what route do we take it? Do we go with the stabbing? Do we go with the empire? Tra- I mean, the the republic transitioning into the empire of Rome, of Rome, or do we go into the straight up great phenomenal symposium conversations you and I had have had about Julius Caesar and the impact of the assassination? Because in all in all, conspiracy theory and all, it is historical as well. The fact that you describe it as the phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal idea. Yeah. We're going to have to go with that one. Okay. We're going to have to go with the symposium question. We're going to have to include our audience in one of these fantastic symposium talks. Now, just once. Just a small drop in the water of what we used to do back in our good old heydays now for our audience that don't know i think we're on one episode we talked a little bit about our symposium but let the audience know what symposium what our version of symposium meant or was so there's these uh million dollar questions uh that every once in a while they nag and nag and nag at your psyche at your your whole the philosophy of what makes you you and uh, they could be something simple, mm-hmm. but they're never those questions that are easy to answer. Mm. And they spin off and they spider web and they fracture. And uh, sometimes they lead you down a path that might get you canceled. Mm. Love it. And uh, we'll sit there and we'll sit at the coffee shop and uh, there'll be a group of teachers. And there usually was you know, at least the two of us, but sometimes three, four, five. Uh, five teachers and one of them will ask this question one question and it'll just it'll ruffle all the feathers in the at the table because not one person has the same idea or mm-hmm. belief when it comes to uh, these types of questions and when you're an intelligent person you have uh, a good grasp on you know the world around you it makes these conversations fantastic it makes them great right and, you know, there, and there was a lot the, of times during those conversations where people would get up. Some of the teachers that were there would get up and leave because they were offended or, you know, they just just, just burned out from the question because the question would blow up into this huge, big old discussion. And it went left and right and it went all different directions. And sometimes it could have been overwhelming for a lot of those teachers. Oh, and there were times when we would flat out yell at each other. Right. right you are right. fucking wrong. Yeah, shut the hell up. Like there right. was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, there was some good ones. I mm-hmm. remember we had one. We had that one on uh, what is racism. Mm, right. If if you know if if Jars ever watches or listens to our uh, our podcast, 
<laughs> yeah, he wants to be a guest, and we need to work on that. So, Jars, if you're listening, we're working on it. So, get a, you'll be getting a call pretty soon. But anyways, uh, yeah, we've also had stupid questions. Like, I had a stupid question once, uh, which was, would the old philosophers like Socrates, uh, Plato, Aristotle, and, and Seneca... Would they be the great philosophers of the past if they had to sit in traffic for four to five hours? <laughs> and that was a dumb one. But uh, we actually had fun with um, that one. No, but okay, well, that is a that is a dumb one. I had, I was going to comment on it. And I was going to give you my two cents, but we'll <laughs> we'll pass on that one for now because yeah. I want to get to Julius Caesar. Yes, yes, very good. Okay. Okay, so uh, how about you? Because. If you listen to our last episode, this is Garcia's baby. This is a question that, that he's asked before, and I know that it's one of those that he loves. So why don't you introduce the idea? Okay. Well, Julius Caesar, probably the first celebrity, global celebrity in human history, or at least approaching it. Not to mention, we could have gone another route and she deserves her own ep- uh, episode as well. You know, he was involved in the first celebrity relationship in, with Cleopatra, right? Now, where I want to go with this conversation, and I want to go back to the last episode when we went to our Mount Rushmore. You know, you were surprised that I didn't bring up Julius Caesar in that Mount Rushmore. It should have been number one. It could have been your number one. But honestly, one <laughs> ripple effect that I thought was going to be on your top Mount Rushmore or um, your number one was that I surprised you didn't do was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And in a weird way, what Hal and I have talked about over the years, and we want to include our audience into this, is how close did Julius Caesar, the assassination of Julius Caesar, if that never would have happened, could the ripple effect have been totally different to where Jesus Christ maybe or maybe not have been crucified, changing the entire complexion of earth that we know of today? For the next two, 2,100 years, would the world look completely different if Julius Caesar never would have gotten assassinated or would it have been more or less the same? What do you think? Now, oh, that's a doozy. Yeah. So, uh, I think you have to go back to the that tyrannical way that Julius Caesar uh, he dictated his empire mm-hmm. because he he kind of pushed the world into a specific place mm-hmm. where the domino effect that would lead to the crucifixion actually happened. Uh, if he hadn't acted the way he did while he was emperor. We might not have been in a position where you saw things like that crucifixion. Uh, now, you could say that his death was the first domino. We like to talk about domino effect. It was the first domino to fall. And if you trace the effect of his death to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, mm-hmm. you might be able to say... That if Julius Caesar had never died, Jesus Christ would never have died either. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus Christ doesn't die, then do we have Christianity as we know it? 
And, and the reason why, why Julius Caesar? Listen, he died 66 years before Jesus Christ's uh, crucifixion. Okay? But look, he had a child with Cleopatra named Caesarian, obviously. And Caesarian would end up getting killed by the great-grandnephew of Julius Caesar. Now, who was trying, uh, Octavius would end up, you know, pretty much ending the, the Roman Republic and becoming one of the first emperors, right? So what I'm trying to say is that the timeline kind of matches very well. Yeah, Julius Caesar probably would have been dead. Uh, he morning, morning for sure, he would have been dead by the time of the crucifixion. But maybe Caesarian, who Cleopatra was grooming to become king, even naming him after the king of Egypt, her brother, who she was married to, which is weird, but it was very common back then. Ptolemy the Thirteenth was going to name him Ptolemy the Fifteenth to take over to become king of Egypt and that part of the world. I mean, more than likely, Julius Caesar's offspring, Cleopatra's offspring, would have made the decision on the crucifixion. Now, crucifixions were common, commonplace in Rome at the time, but maybe it would have been something different. I mean, that's part of the conspiracy theory that I'm trying to, to get at with this topic for today. Well, you, you could also historically, historically, you're... Your idea is not wrong. I mean, the assassination of Julius Caesar kind of threw uh, Rome into a civil war, which, if we know anything about civil wars, could go different ways, one of two ways. Mm -hmm. And it could have went the other direction. Mm -hmm. And like you said, we have a whole history would be completely different. But his, you know, Julius Caesar's, uh, his heir was, uh, was it Augustus? Well, it's, it was Octavian. No, it, yeah, it, was, it was Octavian, but Octavian went by Augustus. Yeah, so he was actually mentioned in the Bible. Right. So his immediate heir was in the Bible. That's how close that the death of Julius Caesar happens was that you have the direct line of Julius Caesar mm -hmm. is mentioned in, in the Bible itself. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's that's when we talk about ripple effects and we talk about history, that is not that big of a stretch. I mean, you. It's one thing to say Julius Caesar when he dies, we might not have had Adolf Hitler mm -hmm. or Benito Mussolini. Those, you know, but to say that Jesus Christ might not have, the story might not have been the same. It's been. It was so close in events that I truly believe that uh, there's a good chance that if Julius Caesar was not assassinated, there would be no Jesus Christ. Mm, at least not the way we know so let, let's 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 roll with that okay like i said i know this is not a conspiracy theory podcast but part of history rubs rubs shoulders with it how would the world be different today in your opinion if he never got assassinated uh, I, I know i know i'm putting so, you on the spot but okay what do you think? now i this is a good one because i was hoping we'd go in this direction now listen <laughs> let me let me play this blow out. my mind julius caesar Let's say he isn't assassinated, mm -hmm. and he is allowed to continue ruling the way that he uh, had had been. He had a fascination with Britain mm. before it was what we know it. Now, we also know that England becomes uh, one of the conquering countries mm -hmm. when it comes to this expansion west. Mm -hmm. 
I think that if Julius Caesar was not assassinated, he does conquer what would be modern-day England in the United Kingdom. And then this idea of um, westward expansion, this idea of uh, imperialism is 100% different. Mm -hmm. We we wouldn't be speaking English right now on this podcast Mm -hmm. because there is no English. I think Mm -hmm. that Julius Caesar would have just consumed what we think of as Western Europe because there's nothing to say that that's, that wouldn't have happened because mm-hmm. people, you know, people admit how strong of an empire Julius Caesar was, was creating. So there's, if he doesn't exist, uh, we don't, we're not speaking English. Christianity doesn't exist because he is looking West instead of east and maybe the crucifixion maybe the crucifixion doesn't happen so maybe we live in a world that we don't speak english and the majority of americans are not christian i like where you're going you know they were speaking latin at the time if the think about this ripple effect holy shit i this is like a new thought so sounds weird it is what it is but look think about the ripple effect right they spoke latin if he never gets assassinated, does, is William Shakespeare William Shakespeare? Because, yeah, he had some good hits leading into his writing of Julius Caesar, but that was the one that would catapult his name. So think about that ripple effect as well. We will be talking Latin right now, maybe some kind of amalgamation of a different language, but how different would literature reading writing all that stuff language would be today if the assassination did not occur in your opinion uh that's that's a good is that too big of a stretch no no because like i said he was stretching west look at the look at the languages that we speak in the united states we speak spanish we speak english uh who says they exist Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. says that he doesn't continue his power and he becomes you know uh, Alexander the Great mm-hmm. and takes uh, takes Spain, and then if he takes Spain, do, does Spanish exist? Right, right. Or do we all? Is there going to be? Is there less languages around the world? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the Roman Empire, the Roman Empire was arguably the greatest empire in the history of of the earth, mm-hmm. and the only reason why you know it fell apart is because it it, it fractured, it split, it. What if Julius Caesar, his reign, and then his the followers, what if they kept it together? What if the Roman Empire didn't have its issues because they had more of a unified uh, power? It's interesting because for those that don't know, Rome was pretty much has two divisions. When it was a republic and then eventually turned into an empire. When it was a re- and he start he, yeah go ahead he started that idea right right he started this switch right and you can kind of say he was Robin Hood before Robin Hood because you know he was his he was his war hero and what he would often do was give the land and the riches of the of the of the land that they were conquering to the people and the people wanted him to take over now you're talking about 
a, a land when it was the Roman Republic. It was it was a republic for centuries. They just had senators all over the place, uh, controlling territories and not having one profound leader until Julius Caesar came into the play, threatening these senators who were called the liberators. Long story short, these liberators would conspire. And they would use uh, Julius Caesar's right-hand man, who he saved from Pompey. Pompey was a rival of Julius Caesar, named Brutus. And they would manipulate Brutus into conspiring to kill Julius Caesar. Hence the Ides of March, March 15, 44 BC, where they would assassinate Julius Caesar. Sending this tremendous ripple effect in time, in history, to the present day of today, that we know the world. I mean, look, this is how profound Julius Caesar was. Not only did he end the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire, but look, even time is dictated by this guy. We went by the Julian calendar. Who do you think that's named after? Julius Caesar until about 500 years ago. So the profound effect that this assassination has had it, it, to me, it's almost it's almost endless, in my opinion. I mean, you talked about about the non-existence of uh, well, I I guess I did the non-existence of Christianity and the switch in religion, and the this idea of language not existing the way it does. Mm-hmm. Um, he had this cult-like following, mm-hmm. like a lot of uh, a lot of. I'm going to say your your word celebrities mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the Bible, it mentions this idea of the way. And I, it, that was another way of saying uh, the this idea of the Julius Caesar cult-like mentality that he had already bred, it extends into and past his, you know, his death. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what says that if he survives, that he doesn't develop even more followers and more followers and more followers and stick stay with me what if because of his dictatorial his dictatorial style he becomes uh, kind of like an adolf hitler mm-hmm. and a not with a nazi like following mm-hmm. followers that are willing to do anything for him and then it stretches and stretches and stretches what if our religion today is kind of like confucianism and the eastern world what if we have Caesarianism? Right, right, right. And we are we are the cult of Caesar. Hmm. I don't know. Well, look, I'll close on this. To answer the question that we started off with, I think if Jesus Christ would have crossed path with any lineage of Julius Caesar, I think the crucifixion still would have happened or something related to where it would still spawn off religion. Why do I say that? Because, look, you just said it a little while ago. He was the dictator. He had ego. He had statues of himself. He even built statues of Cleopatra, which is one of the reasons why the senators were out on Julius Caesar. So I kind of think that his ego was building. He was fundamentally shifting an entire republic into his ideology of becoming emperor i mean just the cool term emperor i mean come on that's going to fill anybody up with any kind of ego and rage and all that stuff so i think he would have taught cesarean if cesarean would have had any offspring 
any other kind of uh, future um, lineage coming from Julius Caesar leading into uh, Jesus Christ's crucifixion or even his miracles before the crucifixion or whatever you want to call it, however you want to label it. I think the writing would have been on the wall. I think the Caesar family tree at that time would have never have let somebody come into their empire and consume it or take over. So I think the crucifixion probably still would have happened. Maybe the timeline would have been a little bit different, but that's just my theory on it. But what if, and I can't not end without saying this. Let's say the crucifixion does happen. Where is, where does Christianity and Catholicism and all this idea, where does, where's the hotbed of that at? Mm-hmm. It's Rome. Right, 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 right. What, what if Julius right. Caesar, mm-hmm. what if Julius Caesar harnesses this idea of Christianity and makes it his own. Okay, okay. Well, look, that's kind of what Constantine did. Yeah, but instead of Constantine, we have Julius Caesar. What would, how would Julius Caesar uh, exist in the lexicon of the world if not only he was Julius Caesar, but he also was the one who ushered, ushered forth this idea of Christianity, which is the modern-day all-dominating religion that... Uh, you can't seem it spreads everywhere like he literally would have his his legacy touching every piece of this of this earth mm. yeah i mean that that's 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 a that's a good perspective I, I love that i love where you're going with that um i don't know i think the ripple effects are to julius caesar are endless in my opinion and i think that is a good way that's a good theory as well, to be honest with you. Yes, just for those of you listening, uh, that's why there are symposiums. We'll, we would sit here for hours <laughs> over coffee and just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and we'll toss out these ideas, kind of like throwing, throwing uh, you know, crap against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the ideas we come up with, they, they might flutter away and you know, they might be a little spark, but they won't really catch fire. Right. And, but sometimes, sometimes... It's like TNT, and you just it's it's it explodes, and then the fire is uncontainable. And those are always the best discussion. That's why history is amazing. And hey, if we get if if people seem to like this this kind of idea, maybe we can spin off some symposium uh, episodes more often. Sure, definitely. Don't cancel us. Don't cancel us. (laughs) It's all hypothetical. Yeah, of course. If you're going to cancel us, you can cancel us over our Mount Rushmore that we're going to do mm-hmm. because uh, this is one that I think we've also had plenty of conversations about. Right. But for our Mount Rushmore this week, we are going to do most shocking celebrity deaths. Now, I want to preface, like, not to cut you off, I apologize. I don't think, and I should have talked to you before this because you, you can actually have this on your list. And if you do, I apologize. I don't think Abe Lincoln should be in or JFK should be in. And I did not have either of those guys in. Okay. Because uh, the idea of celebrity is loose mm-hmm, with them mm-hmm. because JFK was a celebrity. I'll give him that. Abraham Lincoln was a president. It's almost like saying Joe Biden's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't classify a president's on this idea of celebrity. Okay. So I did not have either. Okay. So 
I think I went first last time. Why don't you go first this time? Okay, now uh, let me give you a little bit of a lead-in to my list because there's a lot of celebrity deaths that hit you hard, mm-hmm. and everybody's touched differently by certain deaths. Someone, some of them are like, damn, that really hits me really hard. And then I might say it, and you'll be like, really? That one? Like, But that's kind of where I'm going with my list. Okay. I'm not going to go with the most shocking of all time uh, in general, like a consensus idea. I want to go with the most shocking uh, ones that actually meant something in my opinion. All right. So, you know, if you want to cancel me because they're my opinion, then it is what it is. I'm sticking with my list. We're going to go number four. Number four. This is one that is has been relatively recent. Mm-hmm, and I okay. have, We're going to go with Chadwick Boseman. Ah, oh, Black Panther. Nice. And Black Panther. Not because I have, I have this love for Chadwick Boseman or Black Panther. I think he's a phenomenal actor, and I really do think that he embodied that character better than anybody who could possibly have ever done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the way that he died. It's the stories behind his death that... The more we found out about the story, the more you had that, oh, shit, Mm -hmm. like, damn. Mm -hmm. Like, he died of cancer, which obviously cancer cancer happens. Mm -hmm. But he didn't tell anybody. He didn't mention it. He didn't even mention it to the studio. He had had been prepping to come back and do Black Panther 2. Like, he was trying to hide it. He figured he was going to beat it. He was so confident that he was going to beat cancer Mm -hmm. that he figured, I'm just going to beat it and I'm going to go back to work. I'm going to go back to being a superhero, Uh, which in and itself is a lot physically Mm -hmm. to be a Marvel, um, you know, one of those poster boys. Mm But he did it with a smile on his face. He did it, and he internalized his struggle. He did it; nobody knew. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, he he filmed, he filmed for the character two weeks before he died. He was going to hospitals with a couple of the other actors and seeing cancer patients and trying to tell them to keep, you know, keep their head up. And he was doing all this and, and knowing that he had cancer himself, which would eventually kill him. That. That story, like it can't help but touch you because it shows that, you know, the kind of person he was. When that story broke out, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I hadn't really seen Black Panther yet, and but I, I followed his career because he played Jackie Robinson, um, James Brown, and he always played these great biographical characters. So it wasn't that you know I didn't watch Black Panther because of him, but. I did feel that effect. You saw it amongst our students. You saw it amongst the teachers we teach with. It was everywhere because it was random. And you know what's so funny is there are, you know, on social media they're always showing videos of him where you could where they're kind of pointing out like, "Look, he's he's starting to look a little bit different." I think this is when he was already getting sick and if you look at the timeline, they kind of match up a little bit. So I could see the profoundness that Chadwick Boseman had and why he would be on your list for sure. Okay. Which, by the so, way, I saw Black Panther Part 2. And I like that one more than Part 1. It, it definitely, but is it that, and if, I, if he's on your list, is it the Heath Ledger effect? Does Black <laughs> Panther mean more because Chadwick Boseman died? 
Yes, 100%. Because I didn't think Black Panther Part 1 was all that great. It should not have been nominated. But Best picture? No, hell no. No offense to Chadwick Boseman, but he's his performance in Jackie Robinson, James Brown, all the other ones, those have more merit to be nominated for Best Picture than Black Panther, 100%. But that's my opinion. And I, we're not arguing your opinion. So what is your number four? I'm going historical, man. I'm going historical. I'm going March uh, 453 AD in Attila the Hun. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Now, okay. you got to realize at this time Attila the Hun was dominating, right? He was dominating the west the western part of of Europe at the time or Eurasia is what they called it, right? He was on the cusp of taking down the Roman Empire. And in the midst of celebration because he got married, he had like many wives already, but he would end up drinking himself to sleep. And all of a sudden, in all the most random ways to die, he ends up having a bloody nose and ends up choking himself to death because of that. You know, he passed out on his bed, on his back, and his broken nose. Who knows? Nobody knows how he broke his nose, but blood would start dripping down his throat. Never wakes up. Changing the entire trajectory the Huns were trying to accomplish by dominating or taking over the Roman Empire and going into Eurasia. And that ended up yeah. shifting uh, what we know of history today. So I kind of think that well, was like a is, random death. He's considered one of the greatest uh, conquerors of all time. Definitely. So now I, I do think when we in terms of historical deaths, that one's pretty significant. Yeah. Because you got to realize the world went through the Roman Empire. Like you said earlier in our conversation talking about Julius Caesar. It's one of the, the greatest empires, if not the greatest empire or eras of history of all time. And here is this one single man with his, with his military just about to break it down. They were just about to, they were on the cusp of taking over. And who knows what the ripple effect would have been if he would have survived that night with the broken nose. If he would not have drank so much and been a little bit more co co coherent to have solved his, his injury. So, in my opinion, my number four would be Attila the Hunt. I went more, a little bit more historical. Believe me, my personal ones are coming up soon. Okay. Well, this one's a personal one for me. This is one of those ones where I remember exactly, exactly where I was, mm -hmm. what I was doing. And that's, that's saying something. So it's September 2006. Mm -hmm. I, I had just started my college baseball career. So I'm on the baseball field stretching. All right. And it's Southern California. It's September. It's still pretty hot. And we hear, we hear Steve Irwin Oh, died. I remember where I was the when he died too, man. The crocodile hunter. And uh, talk about somebody dying doing what they love. Mm -hmm. Dying doing their job. Uh, and I haven't seen the video. Supposedly the video exists, but he's underwater. And he's doing a video with stingrays. And a stingray, he touches the stingray and the, the stingray's barb, the tail, snaps up and pierces him right in the chest into his heart right and he 
instinctually grabs it and yanks it out. And by grabbing and yanking it out, that was the action that would actually kill him. Because if suppose if he had if he had left it in, they would have had enough time to get him to med to some kind of medical team. Mm. But because he put he yanked it and pulled it out, he would he would end up bleeding out before uh, they can take care of him. Now that death. That death just seemed, as a kid, I mean, I was only 17 years old, mm -hmm. and I grew up with, you know, in a world where he was just one of those everyday people, and he just seemed like a good, good-hearted person. Like, in a world, uh, you talk about post-9-11, you know, post-9-11 world, seeing these genuinely good people is, is something that you just, you, you kind of take for granted sometimes, and yeah. He still has he still has a place in a lot of people's hearts that remember him and you know even though it's been almost 20 years we're still here talking about the death of Steve Irwin the crocodile hunter crikey yeah what what, one. what year were you born 1988 okay so I was yeah I was I had just I was 17 mm -hmm. and I had not turned 18 yet mm -hmm. So my brother was born in 91, and I remember we were just celebrating his confirmation. And we went to a restaurant afterwards, and speaking of religion, right, Catholic confirmation. And we got the news that he died, and, we're, and it was one of those restaurants with the TVs, the tube TVs, on the corner of the, of, the, of the ceiling, and it was breaking news. So I remember where I was on when he passed away, too. I liked that pick. Little fun fact, in my opinion, the best, I guess it's not a fact then, best ESPN commercial of all time. Absolutely, with the Florida Gator. With the Florida Gator in the elevator. For those of y'all that haven't seen it, go on YouTube or on the internet somewhere, type in ESPN commercial with Steve Irwin, it'll change your life. You know what? I'll put the link on our description. So, Yes, go watch it. Yeah. It's a good one. It is number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're number three. All right. So my number three. I'm also going historical once again. I guess I need to put some legitimacy on on our list, right? I'm just joking. But I'm going eight April fourth, eighteen forty one. William Henry Harrison. You ever heard of him? Ah, uh, William Henry Harrison. Absolutely not. I'm gonna say my historical knowledge does not stretch to William Henry Harrison. This is a crime, my man. He was our ninth president. Oh, yes. Okay, now I know what Harrison you're talking about. Okay, so I've actually brought him up before on a previous episode. I was trying to remember which episode it was, but, you know, I mean, he was also a war hero, by the way. He was in the, in the War of 1812. And when he became president on his inauguration— he really, he, he doesn't count. Why not? Because he was only president for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> but look, he would be the first ever president to die in office, not to mention have the shortest term ever. Of course it was shocking. Imagine, and you got to realize, news got around slowly at the time. So for them to hear the news from Washington, D.C. all the way to California, it had to have been a shock, right? The point is, is that, in my opinion, it was shocking because... It was the first of its kind. Presidents until then were considered, you know, men of men, delegates, uh, powerful people, which they were, of course. And here's this guy who put his ego before him, who really wanted to deliver this speech, decided not to wear a coat in freezing weather, 
and what he would have a cold for 30 days and he would die from it so that is my number three whether you like it or not okay well uh i'm not gonna say that it's not influential i'm not gonna say that it's not shocking i guess you're right uh president dying is never unshocking never not shocking mm-hmm. so for him to be the first president to die i i guess yeah it I has guess that's, to be that, man. that classify it it does it does uh, i'll give it to you i'll give it to you and i think the fact that he was only president for 30 something days uh does make it even more shocking uh i think it's here's my hot take talk to me more shocking than jfk's death uh okay okay G- JFK created a lot of enemies. So uh, the fact – and I'm going to say Abraham Lincoln too. The, to see Abraham Lincoln and JFK murdered, uh, they were they were polarizing. Mm-hmm. I don't so think Abraham it, Lincoln create, was, was shocking whatsoever. I mean half of the, half of the country hated him. So. Yeah, and JFK, JFK, they told JFK that they joked with him before he came to Dallas that they, he, <laughs> Texas was going to kill him. Well, I guess it wasn't a joke then, huh? It wasn't well, yeah, foreshadowing. But yeah, I do. I would say yours is a better pick than JFK and Lincoln. All right. So, what is your number two? I got two more, and these two went back and forth in my head, and uh, they can go one and one, one A and one B to me. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to put them in order. My number two, and I remember what happened. I remember. I remember what I was doing when I got this call. Mm-hmm. And I got this call from none, none other than Garcia himself. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I'm at the gym. I'm at the gym. Oh, I'm on the treadmill. Okay, okay. I know where you're And going. I get a text message. Dude, Kobe just died. Mm-hmm. And I thought you were just yanking my chin. I thought you were just bullshitting me. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm a Laker fan. Diehard Laker fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a Kobe jersey and everything. And Kobe's... I grew up in the the, the Kobe Shaq, uh, you know, Laker era. Kobe was a childhood hero. Everything about Kobe is what I based my my life on. This idea of take no prisoners and you know never bow down. Mm-hmm. That's the, the Black Mamba mentality. And you texted me and said Kobe died, and I instantly. You know, I left the message screen and went straight to the internet and put in Kobe Bryant. And yeah, he died. He 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 died. And uh, then it seemed like the world broke. The world broke for like the rest of that day. Right. Uh, that's all anybody wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. That's all that was on TV. That's all that's anywhere. And uh, then I found out about an hour later that so if, for those of you who don't know the story of Kobe's death. Uh, he would he would fly back and forth between his daughter's uh, basketball games and uh, L.A. and he had flown with his to see you know to play for his daughter to play in a basketball tournament and him and another another one of the families on his bas- his daughter's basketball team were flying back in a helicopter and uh, because of low visibility they flew into the side of a mountain not to be you know. To be insensitive, but they flew into the side of a mountain, mm-hmm. and they all died. And it turned out that the the other girl, the parents of the other girl, was a a college baseball coach that I coached with. 
he coached at Orange Coast Community College, and we coached uh, the Southern California All Stars together. And he, their team, beat us when I was in college uh, in the state championship game. So his daughter was on Kobe Bryant's daughter's basketball team, and they were they had both flown together to the game, and they all died. So I had a a little bit of a personal stake in it. it had nothing to do with Kobe. I didn't know Kobe, and I'd never met Kobe. So I'm not going to say that you know me and Kobe were tight, we we're cool like that, but. No, it, but it's just the fact that it's somebody that was so close and meant so much to, uh, especially the area that I'm from, and you know, he died in such a, a shocking way. He was, he was what, 40, 42, 41, 41. He was 41 when he died. You don't expect that. Yeah, yeah. Look at Tom Brady still playing football at, in his mid-40s. Right. Jordan probably still thinks he could play. <laughs> yeah. So for a 41-year-old to just die, imagine what the world would be and what Kobe would be doing right now if he was still alive. Because he had, I mean, he had started his own media company and, you know, he who says he doesn't go into coaching or does any of that kind of stuff? Who knows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a shocker. It was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember I was teaching Saturday school and a group of teachers and I, we went to a restaurant because we, we had a, you know, Saturday school is usually a half day. So we just went to a restaurant and we got the news. It was one of those uh, sport bar kind of places. And you could hear a pin drop in there. Everybody was, what is happening? Now, we live in Texas. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, Laker haters, of course. Especially me. I'm a San Antonio Spur fan. And he broke my heart many times. But it was it was definitely a shocker. I agree with I agree with you there, and uh, you know he's still he's still talked. About, I mean that that incident is still talked about to this day. I think that's an excellent pick for your second second pick. Okay, so what's your second? Okay, so I'm finally going personal, and this actually happened the summer before I would meet Howlett on June eighth, two thousand eighteen. Do you know where I'm going? I do. Okay, I do, and I thought this would be higher up on your list, but. Two is a pretty good one. Huh? Well, it's my guy, and he's the reason. It is your guy. He is the reason why I travel the world, and it is Anthony Bourdain. What when I heard this death, it was you know where Howlett and I teach. It's a charter school, well, where we used to teach, and our school year ends usually a week or two or three sometimes after the regular traditional schools end. It was one of those Saturday, I mean, one of those mornings where we went to work and I showed up a little bit late and everybody was like, hey, man, did you hear what's on the news? And I'm like, what's up? And they told me, actually, the guy you replaced, Hallett, told me that Anthony Bourdain died and I just couldn't believe it. And when it came out that it was suicide, I was blown because I couldn't help but think, Dude, this guy has the greatest job in the world. How can he, why would he want to kill himself? And that's exactly what happened. Now, going back to the root of our episode, conspiracy theories. You know, there's a conspiracy theory that he killed himself over heartbreak over his his then girlfriend. What's her name? Agenta something? Asia Argenta. Asia Argenta. Supposedly cheated on him with his little 17-year-old kid and that he just couldn't take it, that he was heartbroken. And supposedly, I don't know if it's for a fact or not, 
But supposedly that was the main catalyst of him taking his own life. But I don't know. I just think uh, Anthony Bourdain, to me, I mean, I, I never missed an episode. When I discovered him, I just couldn't stop. I read all his books. I read his books more than once, even on audio. And I don't know. He just, uh, his death just had a profound effect on me for sure. Definitely. Yeah. That, and I knew that you were going to go with Bourdain because... You've talked about it a bunch of times, and you basically you are doing what you are doing right now mm-hmm. because you, of your desire to emulate what Anthony Bourdain did. And I'm not gonna lie, Anthony Bourdain's you know I only knew him because of you, mm-hmm. but now that my world has been opened, my eyes have been opened. There's not a person on this planet that would not give up what they are doing to be Anthony Bourdain. It's funny because. I'll meet some foreigners here and I hear Anthony Bourdain's name at least once every conversation. <laughs> like people that, yeah, that are foreigners, that that's the idea. Go ahead. It, it is 100% the idea. You, tr- you travel the world and you see there's a lot of people that have mimicked and emulated what he did. Mm-hmm. But to travel the world and explore other cultures and to do it and get paid doing it mm-hmm. or to do it and not have to worry about the stress of you know the next day mm-hmm. is exactly what everybody i think secretly desires and for him to to kind of put it in the spotlight people wanted to be him yeah i agree with you totally man uh so what is your number one now this is my anthony bourdain mm. this one is uh Similar, similar, but I'm not going to say sadder. In the same way that Anthony Bourdain, because uh, he would go out of his way to say that he hated his his job, he hated his fans, he hated all this. This guy was the same way. Hmm. Not so much that he hated what he did, but he hid it so well. Robin Williams. Oh yes, Robin Williams was Robin Williams was my childhood. Robin Williams just seemed to be the the funnest you know coolest guy in the room Mm -hmm. he embodied every character that he played and it seemed like every character that he played was robin williams and Mm -hmm. you you just felt like when if you were ever in a room with robin williams that you could not help but laugh he would make you laugh right but then looking back it gives you that whole sad clown uh feel it's kind of it makes you feel bad that Deep down, he it, he just he was hurting so much because just like Anthony Bourdain, he would commit suicide as well. Uh, he was hurting so much, but yet people just they knew him as this funny guy. They knew him as the person that that created these joyous memories or created these joyous characters. And we're talking Mrs. Doubtfire, Aladdin. Uh, you can go on and on and on, and uh, uh, it just it's it sucks. And it's shitty to see people struggle and they don't know how to ask for help. They don't know how to put it out there. Mm-hmm. And they're so afraid of, of, you know, peeling back that surface. Mm-hmm. And they hide. They hide. Bourdain, I'm not going to say he hid, but he it felt like he was living his life. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams was making people laugh. And then at the end of the day, these two guys were hurting so much that they thought that they, you know, that was it. That was their you know their thing and supposedly robin williams uh 
had been diagnosed with Parkinson's or, or one of those degenerative diseases, and that's why he did it. But it's it just it sucks, and that's the one. That's the one that I picked as my number one. Well, look, Robin Williams had a profound effect on me too. By the way, I apologize for some guy hammering outside my window, but Robin Williams was a big deal to me too. Jeez, you're right. He did personify every role that he played for sure. I don't know. When I heard about his death, I was blown away as well. Um, I think that's a great pick, to be honest with you. And and you know, in a weird way, you know, sometimes in the midst of tragedy comes out good. And nobody really talked about mental health as much until after his death, you know. And it became it started becoming a big deal because it was like, man, is this guy? I mean, he's a comedian. He's a clown. I mean. Nobody would have thought that he was this depressed or whatever was going through in his time. So I could see why you picked that as your number one. I love it, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and I think I know where you're going with your number one. Well, hold on, hold I on. I do think I know where you're going. One fun fact I just learned about Robin Williams literally yesterday. Because I knew you were going to go Robin Williams. I had that feeling, which is why I didn't touch him. I would have put him on mine. So that rolls out my six man. But I just read that he was about, he was considered to be Joker before Jack. He was. Yeah. He was. How do you think that role would have been different? Um, Could he have been the gangster Joker that Jack played? Or would it have been a no, different they, type I of Joker? They would have been a different one because they also considered, uh, sh- there was another guy that they considered for Joker who was a funny guy. And it would have been different. More would have been more slapstick. It would have been more, um, kind of like the Mark Hamill Joker with a little with a a touch of uh, of anger, mm-hmm. but more you know clownish, mm-hmm. more clownish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have seen more of a comedy comedic take on the Joker oh, than the one that right. we would have been accustomed to. Right. But you also think that was the era. You know, they were going in that direction anyways. Look at the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, all. They literally, Arnold Schwarzenegger had a pun every line when he was Mr. Freeze. Right. Like they wanted that pow, yeah, slap. Yeah. The old Adam West style, uh, fun. Let's take our kids to the movies, Batman. Yeah, yeah. I, but, I think uh, I think you know, this might get me canceled out of everything we've said over the past couple of months. But I didn't like Jack's performance as Joker. I know that's that's a, a hot take, but. I think Robin Williams, if he would have played the Joker, would have been phenomenal. I think it would have been ten times better, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, I, I one hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. I one hundred percent agree that uh, Jack Nicholson was not the best, the best Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't think Robin Williams would have been a better Joker. Mm. Uh, but that's that's just me. I we've grown up in an era where we want the Joker to be more unhinged and crazy yeah and robin williams is a different kind of 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 unhinged he's more of a all over the place and chaotic right but it's he's always funny he's not he's not really an angry person i agree i agree okay so my number one and i think you know where i'm going uh happened on december 18th 1997 and it is chris farley as my yes, number one. That is exactly who 
I thought you would go Bourdain number one, but I figured Bourdain and Farley would be your your one and two. I mean, my whole childhood leading up to his death, Saturday Night Live with the Chippendale sketch, the man down the river. Man down, man down by the river. I mean, he was probably, the, in my opinion, on the Mount Rushmore greatest SNL personalities of all time. Hot take? Oh, maybe. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, no, not a hot take. Not at all. And it's one of those, like, I remember where I was when it happened. See, every Christmas vacation, I would always go to my grandma's in Gregory, Texas, right? It's near Corpus Christi. I remember the day before, I watched the Heisman. That was the year that Charles Woodson would win it. And the following day, you know, I was watching him, uh, I was rewatching his speech on ESPN. They were showing highlights of his whole thing and his upcoming Rose Bowl game against Washington State, which was against uh, uh, Ryan Leaf. And all of a sudden, on the bottom ticker of ESPN, it says that SNL host or cast member Chris Farty has passed away. And I just remember feeling my world shrink. I hadn't had that feeling ever pretty much, to be honest with you, my entire life of knowing a celebrity that I was literally attached to, that I have fond memories of, that I probably just watched one of his skits or movies weeks prior, and now he was gone. And to me, the Chris Farley death had a profound effect on me. So that's why I have him as my number one. And we've talked about Chris Farley quite a bit. Um, my dad loves Chris Farley, so I grew up with Chris Farley. He used to show me that was the hate. The Chris Farley era mm-hmm. was the heyday of SNL, mm-hmm. and you see a bunch of actors. Almost every actor from that that cast of SNL right. ended up making it big. You talk about Adam Sandler and David and Spade, all those guys, Chris Rock, yeah. David Spade, and uh, yeah, Chris Farley was on a meteoric rise. Mm-hmm. Not that he already wasn't, but he. People don't know he had filmed. He had recorded all of Shrek. Right, he was Shrek. Right, and uh, they ended up recasting him because they didn't. They couldn't go back in and change any of the lines. Mm-hmm. It was he had just done the one through. But yeah, imagine, you know, where he would be. What what kind of name Chris Farley would have? You know, it's just it's it sucks. It sucks uh, that you know our number. Uh, are both our number ones and your number two, you know, were these guys that we looked up to and, you know, they died because they committed suicide. And Chris Farley, not so much suicide, he OD'd, but right. that's a, I guess that's a form because it wasn't hidden. Everybody right, knew. Right, right. Everybody knew that yeah. he, had his, he had those issues. Right. And I don't know. I don't know. We, I, th- I guess we, uh, we kind of take that kind of stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, you you see Chris Farley doing you know self harm mm-hmm. with his substance abuse, and uh, you turn a blind eye because he's Chris Farley. Right. He he's you know this this funny guy. He's you know oh you don't you don't want to mess with it because you know you don't want him to change who he is. But at the end of the day, it ended up costing him his life. Right. Uh, hot take. Go for it. My favorite Chris, my favorite thing that Chris Farley ever did was Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> His last movie, you know that movie is underrated. I, I, that movie is underrated, dude. I watched that movie. I used to, I used to have the VHS and I used to put it on before I went to sleep, and that was like for a year. Every night, I watched the first ten minutes of Beverly Hills Ninja because I would always fall asleep. Wow, 
I got a I got an interesting fun fact about me. I mentioned on this podcast before in my early 20s I was trying to break into the movie industry. And one of the movies I worked on in the Austin area uh his brother was on it. Uh John Farley. Uh the tall skinny one. And him and I would talk. And remember that sketch on SNL where he uh Chris Farley interviews uh uh Paul McCartney and he's asking these like real basic nervous questions because he's a big fan uh i kind of did the same with him i I remember him and i went to mcdonald's and i would just ask him like stupid mundane questions like the ones i ask you pretty much so uh your brother was funny why was he so funny you know stuff like that and and his brother got a kick out of it and i have his autograph somewhere in my in my home at uh back in texas but I love the fact that I have a little bit, in, in a weird way, a little bit of a connection to Chris Farley, which is why I have him also my number one. Now, I like Chris Farley, and I, I do think that's a good pick. Because mm-hmm. uh, I went with basically my version of Chris Farley as my number one. So, you know, we kind of we went the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a good pick. It's a good pick. And uh, I have a... I screenshot and I, I I write down all my notes and I did have Chris Farley on my list Ooh. not as one of my my final picks but when I was going through my list of you know deaths shocking deaths he did make the cut mm-hmm. and then when I saw his name I knew that you were probably gonna pick him so I, I I went a different direction but yeah definitely he was on my list too at least the first list I made all right so what is your six man? Now there's a lot of six mans. Uh, there's there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go shocking deaths. Ooh, should I go historical or regular? Just uh, throw in a historical, and then you could blurb your regular. Okay. My historical was Rasputin. I love uh, that story. You know what? I was uh, I was considering. Rasputin. I was considering him, man. I was considering him. Yeah, that's... yeah. I love the Rasputin. It's just like there's a mysticism to that story, and uh, I'm not gonna go in t- too much into it because it's only our six man. But it's a it's a great it's a gr- his death story is is next level. Mm-hmm. And then my blurb I'm gonna blurb out uh, uh, Chester Bennington, the lead singer of of Lincoln Park. Ah, Chester Bennington. Yeah, that was a shocker, a, man, for sure. That's a personal one. Uh, personal. I'm not gonna say he's the most shocking uh, rock star death because you definitely Kurt Cobain should be up there, but personal uh lincoln park was my favorite band growing up so and i got to see him live that same year that before he killed himself yeah i'm glad you i'm glad i'm glad you mentioned kurt cobain uh we did not mention princess diana or jfk jr i know we're gonna piss off a lot of people Uh, jfk jr's not dead oh yeah that's right right, right, right. he's back baby he's back and he looks weird but anyways got shorter too uh, I just saw Elvis too, and I didn't. I didn't. Oh yeah, Elvis! I didn't even I, think about that. Holy shit! Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, come on. Okay, so well, mine, what is your six man? Mine, uh, you know, very quickly is John Candy. Uh, that's more personal for me. Oh, sad. Yeah, Uncle Buck, Great Outdoors, Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. My personal favorite. Home Alone. Home Alone, right? Very good. And uh, he was the first celebrity death of my life. And it just caught me by surprise. 
I won't go into it that much, but yeah, that was more of a personal pick. John Candy, yeah, we could have gone JFK Jr. or Princess Diana or Kurt Cobain or Elvis. But for me, I'm going personal John Candy, 100%. Yeah, uh, I try to stick personal because, I mean, you can go cliche and you could pick the uh, uh, the Elvises and the Michael Jacksons and the Princes and you can – those felt kind of hollow. Because I have no link to Princess Diana yeah. or Elvis. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad you threw out the JFK thing because I didn't think – I wasn't thinking historical. But, yeah, that was a good episode. I, uh, I, think, I think our Julius Caesar one was a, a, a hit him in the face, <laughs> a, a mind blower, a mind melter. I hope so. And then to go in a whole 180 and kind of ended on a down note a little bit there. You know what? I'm embarrassed that – you and I did not have Michael Jackson number one. Uh no, I don't feel like it. It is as shocking. He was older, and uh, he had he had issues. Yeah, it, it, they were open issues. Yeah. So it's hard for me to pick somebody who uh, was falling apart in front of your eyes. Yeah, that's a good and point. It, it's good not point. necessarily shocking. I think Prince was a more of a shocker. I try not to pick somebody that was older. Like yeah. I saw Freddie Mercury, but the fact that he had AIDS, you kind of—I'm not going to say you expect it, but it's not as shocking when, you know, when they're alcoholics like yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like he's just, like you know when they have issues like that that it might happen. John Lennon was another one we totally fucked up. On. Oh, John Lennon's another. Uh, we're just going to keep going yeah, on. Yeah, Martin Luther King. On. But yeah, all right. I get it. <laughs> all right. All right. We get it. There's a lot of shocking, uh, yeah, shocking We might get canceled for who we left out, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cancel for who we left out. But at least we picked, like I said, I told that I said at the beginning, like there's plenty of people I could have picked, but I went personal. And if I'm going to get canceled because I went with my personal list, then go ahead and cancel me. I'm happy with my list. I'm with you. I support your well, list. Well, there's, there's two things that are going to happen now. Yeah. If we're not back in five minutes. Just way longer? Because either we got canceled or another episode will pop up yeah in seven days yeah by the way uh for our audience uh go ahead and go on our instagram call cancel teachers go on our spotify answer some trivial questions that we have on there about the podcast and that's where i'm at right now you got anything we else to add? are going to explode yes yes we're on the cusp i get a message from i get an, a message from garcia at least three times a week Dude, look what happened last night. We exploded. Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes it makes me smile because he lives he lives so that you guys can listen to us talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Did you remember that that conversation you wanted to have? No, I didn't. You know, to end on uh, Julius Caesar very quickly. One other ripple effect. Dude, Cleopatra never would have hooked up with Mark Antony if Julius Caesar got assassinated. You got to remember, Cleopatra fled with Sarian back to Egypt after the assassination. So history could have looked a lot different. I think this was a fun topic today, my man. You know what? And if Mark Antony had never hooked up with Cleopatra, he might not have ever hooked up with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> and we end on that.